Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Jake Albright Podcast. It is Friday night. We are live in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, post-game, Lakers, Heat, Game 5 of the NBA Finals. I'm honestly still in shock. I, I don't know how that happened. Uh, for those of you guys who watched the game, the Heat won a close one. Uh, we'll be talking about that. We'll be breaking down the game. Uh, I'll be giving you guys my NFL gambling picks for the week, and we'll be discussing some of the games. And then I've got a little uh, – we'll, we'll talk about some other stuff at the end. I'm going to try to keep this podcast under an hour tonight, probably uh, 45 minutes to an hour. And, uh, yeah, let's get rolling. Excited to be back. Hello, and welcome to the Jake Albright Podcast. I'm Jake Albright, and this is my new podcast. I'll be bringing you in-depth conversation about the worlds of sports, politics, music, and culture. We will have new episodes three days a week, and this will be coming to you from the unique perspective of a 19-year-old from Sun Valley, Idaho. So, I'll stop with all the bullshit, and let's get to it. Welcome. Wow. That was quite a game. That was that was the best game in the bubble. That was the one of the best games I've seen um, in recent memory. Last year, uh, I can't I can't remember a game from last year being that good. Just that game that game just reminded me of intensity level wise. That game reminded me of. Those those Warriors Heat series like that that felt like real basketball. That felt like finals level intensity tonight, um, and which obviously that's impressive without um, fans there. And I said even on last podcast, it the energy wasn't the same, and and that that was causing a bunch of different things to happen. But tonight I. It, was one of the first nights it didn't matter i i feel like it 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 didn't matter there that game could have been played anywhere that 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 game was intense it could have been played in front of a hundred thousand people it could have been played in front of who it was tonight that there was no difference that that game was absolutely a dogfight a battle um so to get into it i we'll get into it right now and then for tonight's podcast, we're going to talk about this game, break it down. Tonight's podcast is going to be a, a lot like uh, last podcast. I still haven't, you know, gotten too many segments or anything like that planned out yet. Uh, I'm hoping next week we'll we'll start implementing more of a structure to the show, have different segments, uh, and just kind of stuff like that. Have a couple guests on. But for today, I'm just going to talk about the Heat versus the Lakers game. Tonight, we'll talk about Brady versus Nick Foles. I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so on that one. And then I'll give you my gambling picks. We'll break down uh, game five of this week's games. And then uh, if uh, if we have time, I, I want to keep tonight's episode under an hour. But if we have time, uh, I'll give you a, a little review, bonus review of some of the latest TV that I've been watching. 
uh, specifically the show called Succession on HBO, which was one of my favorite shows of all time. And what honestly I think is, is worth talking about, just how relevant it is to modern day society. And, you know, it's just an amazing show. It's, you know, you don't, you don't watch much like that. It's one of those shows where you watch it and it's definitely, it's unique. You, you, you haven't seen, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, yeah, get too deep into it. Obviously I'm, I'm itching to talk about it, but we will start tonight's show with Heat versus Lakers game five. The Miami Heat won 111 to 108, pulled within three games to two in the series. I, like most people, still think this series, um, the Lakers should be heavily favored. I would be absolutely, probably the most shocked I've ever been in sports in my life if the uh, Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat found a way to come back. But saying that this year, has been you know nothing uh, we we the heat coming back in seven would probably not be top 100 craziest things that's happened this year so that's where i'm gonna leave that but to get into the game tonight it was very similar how i want to break down this game is it was very similar to game four in in the sense that it was close and it came down to one team Hitting, hitting the shot that the other team didn't. Um, but in the other sense, it was completely opposite in the fact that it was this was a really, 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 really well-played game. Uh, this, this, both teams, we'll get into more of, of free throw shooting and the shooting statistics in a little bit, but both teams shot over 45% from the field. Miami shot over 40% from three, which is insane. And the Lakers shot over 36.8, so basically 37% from three themselves, which for them, obviously LeBron helped a lot in that in that percentage, but that's a pretty good percentage for the Lakers to take. And if you were to, if you were to tell them that before the game, they would take that most nights. And then both teams shot over 85% from the, from the free throw line. Miami only missed one free throw. They shot 96%. So when it came down to it, free throws were really the difference when you want to just look at the the numbers of the game. Miami was 21 for 22, 96%, like I said, from free throw. And the Lakers were 18 for 21. Everything else was pretty much dead even. They hit the exact same number of field goals, 38. Exact same, same number of threes, 14. Um, turnover wise, it was very, it was very even Miami had 13, the Lakers had 15. So basically what I'm trying to say is this was a very, very high level game. Both teams played very well. Um, both their stars played well. The Miami heat six out of their seven bench or players scored in double figures. The only player that didn't was Andre Godala, who, you know, he didn't score, but he had a good game. Not a, not a. Yeah, I want to. I'll take that back. He had, a, he, had, he didn't have a horrible game. We'll, we'll put it at that. He had six rebounds, two assists. He used his fouls. He had five personal fouls. Just trying to guard LeBron tonight, doing as much as he could to slow down LeBron. 
And that's, I mean, Andre Iguodala, that's all you can really ask for these days from him. The Let's see, I'm going to we'll go to the notes here. Kendrick Nunn, I thought, like I said last podcast, um, and going on with the theme of tonight and tonight's game, it was it was very similar in that the Lakers and the Heat's outside stars, their their three through sevens, their three through eight, made the difference in tonight's game. And if if we you know, if we're being honest, that's that's how most NBA Finals high level playoff series go. Is the stars we can always get? We'll, we always expect you know the stars to to produce. LeBron James is always going to put up his numbers. Very rarely in a playoff series do we see a star not put up um, star-level numbers because that's just that's, that's where they're, they're made to perform, and that's, that's what they do, and that's, that's why they're stars, and that's why I put them in that category is, is to get into that category, you have to prove it to me in the playoffs, and that's consistently. And that is very, quite honestly, what Jimmy Butler is doing. I said last game I was I was quite frankly disappointed with Jimmy Butler after last game. Just how he looked, he didn't look as aggressive, um, and it, it just it very clearly wasn't the same as Game Three. Uh, his aggression level, how he was getting involved in the game, it just it didn't look like the same, and that confused me because I thought that was that was a must win, and. You know, I guess he just held off. I don't, I don't know. But tonight he refound that. He had 35, 12, 11, five steals. Just a, a, a absolutely part of my absolutely fucking perfect basketball game. 12 for 12 from the free throw line. Hit pretty much every clutch shot he took. I, his defense was amazing. Just, just more of... Crazy, crazy good Jimmy Butler. Um, I don't know how this will be remembered historically because I, I we don't know how this is going to end. Um, obviously, if Jimmy Butler leads his team back from three one against LeBron James and Anthony Davis, we're gonna have we're gonna need to rethink a lot of things in this world. Um, probably just put him in the Hall of Fame the next day. Uh, give him probably three hundred million dollars from the city of Miami. That that might be that might be close to enough to make up for what that accomplishment would be. But no matter what, I think Jimmy Butler's legacy um, has changed forever. Obviously, he needs a couple more good years, but this the way the Hall of Fame is nowadays, where guys, I mean, fuck. Antoine Jamison's gonna get in the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is really a joke now, which is, which is sad. But you know, guys like Antoine Jamison and and honestly Andre Iguodala are gonna make the Hall of Fame, who were really really good players. But it's the same thing with the superstar category for me. We need we need to make these things a little more exclusive. I would say. The Hall of Fame needs to, to to be more exclusive. I don't think anyone should be able to get in there. But even with those those standards I have, Jimmy Butler has really risen in that conversation. Um, just 
how he is as a basketball player, if we want to talk about the eras, the different era conversation and have that have that conversation with Jimmy Butler, it's it's physically impossible for anyone to look me in the face and tell me Jimmy Butler couldn't play in any era of of basketball. I mean, he could he could score on peach baskets. He could, he he could play with Dr. James Naismith. He could play with Bill Russell. I mean, he is he is a he he's a perfect basketball player you know uh, his passing has been really what's impressed me the most i mean he he had some really 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 good passes tonight just a a dish to bam a no look dish to bam that was really impressive and being a point guard we saw this last year with uh with him on the sixers and him having to take over in the playoffs as point guard is that he has he has the ability to bring the ball up the court and get a team into its offense, um, while while also being a, a top five wing defender in the league, um, and and being just a beast everywhere. He gives one hundred ten percent every single time. He's in control. He only had three turnovers tonight, and he he's got the ball in his hands pretty much the entire game. Um, so just. A really, really, really all-around perfect basketball player. I guess the only thing you could really knock would be his three-point shooting, which he went one for three tonight. He didn't shoot any really last game either. But he he has a mid-range game, and I, if you could score 35, 40 points a game in the finals without shooting a three, I, I, don't, I don't think we need to be really worried about your three-point shooting necessarily. I think you have that figured out. Um, but looking at the other, the other key contributors tonight and the, and the reason they won this game outside of Jimmy Butler was just outside contributions. Uh, like I said earlier, every single player outside of, other than Andre Iguodala scored in, scored and scored double figures. Their lowest scorer was Jay Crowder with 11 points. So that's just, you know, you rarely see that from an NBA basketball team. That's just a really, really solid all around performance. Um, and guys that I, I got, I hammered last podcast for, for not being good. Um, specifically Kendrick Nunn. Uh, I, I'm just going to say Kendrick Nunn because Kendrick Nunn was, was very good tonight. He had some big shots. He was two for four on three pointers, six for 11 on field goals. And, uh, you know, just kind of the polar opposite of last game where, it felt like any time Kendrick Nunn was shooting the basketball, it was a win for for the Lakers on defense. And tonight, it just he had a, he had a different confidence. I don't know if that's just from him not playing pretty much at all earlier in the playoffs until up until this point before the Drajic injury. So maybe he's just getting comfortable. He was also hurt, and you know he has he barely he basically hasn't played since. Uh, since the regular season, the real regular season. So, you know, maybe he's just finding his footing again, which which could probably is probably the answer to this. What I'm talking about here, um, which which is big for the Heat, and if and if they can keep extending this series and get Drogic back, not even as a starter, just as someone who can give them, you know, 20, 25 minutes off the bench, just like just like Kendrick Nunn did tonight, just like. Pretty much everyone else outside of Jimmy Butler did give give him 25, 
minutes of, you know, 10 to 15 points, couple assists, couple rebounds, just solid basketball because the Heat right now are outside of game one, which the Heat, Jimmy Butler rolled his ankle twice, Bam got hurt, Jirajic obviously got hurt. That game was not close. But outside of that, these games have all been very, very close, and it's looked like the Heat have have figured out this the Lakers, which when you have a coach like Eric Spolstra, it's it's it, it's not far fetched to think that that's that's plausible. Um, you know, just looking at the adjustments they made, uh, talking last game about how they were they were helping more down, you could see that tonight. Same thing. They they are just making a concerted effort on going under screens, helping helping in the paint, forcing threes, um, forcing LeBron to shoot. Which LeBron had forty tonight, six for nine from three, fifteen for twenty one. Just an absolutely insane game. I mean, if they win if they win the finals tonight, this game goes down as as an all time LeBron game. But they forced they they allowed not forced. I guess forced or allowed LeBron to take the take threes. Um, a lot of them were deep, deep threes, you know, well past the line. But they were they were allowing LeBron to take that. That was obviously the shot that they wanted LeBron to take. And tonight LeBron hit him. You know, I haven't seen LeBron shoot like that in a long time, and that it, it's been impressive the last the last two games. Honestly, what he's what he's been doing from three point line. And from free throws, his stroke as a whole has just been looking a lot better. Um, it's, it, it, I guess you could say it's looking a lot smoother. I don't know if he's done anything, or or what. I mean, it's fucking LeBron James. I don't. Know. I'm not gonna try to talk to him about his jump shot, but it's it's definitely. I mean, the numbers don't lie. There's been improvement in the last two games with his jump shot, which has helped. But the Miami Heat, their game plan has been to allow him to have that. And if he makes those, that's fine. Because they're, they're going to make the other, the other people beat him. You know, they're going to give... They're going to let LeBron... It's not... It's, so I was going to say, you know, let LeBron have his. But that's A, kind of hypocritical of what I just said. <laughs> you know, but... LeBron has reached a point, and I think Eric Spolstra knows this just about as well as anyone because he coached him for four years in his prime. LeBron's at the point in his career where he's going to get his. There, you, you physically cannot stop LeBron James in a basketball game. Um, with today's rules and his, his knowledge of those rules, and it, it, you are not going to stop LeBron James. He is going to either score 40 points, get 15 assists. He's going to get his stats one way or another. And so the Heat obviously have figured that out. And they are they are forcing the other the other players on the on the team to beat them. KCP took just as many shots as Anthony Davis, which I hadn't even noticed before this right now and I am shocked that that that, that is the case. KCP and Kyle Kuzma took a combined 25 shots tonight, and Anthony Davis took 15. That should be that should be flipped. That that the Anthony Davis 
as I said last podcast, the the Heat have been doing a really good job fronting Anthony Davis, helping off from the corners on pick and rolls, and really just focusing their attention on Anthony Davis down low, and 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 just forcing everything in the paint to be be a tough look. Um, but Anthony Davis, he's really just been limited these last couple games. Tonight he was a lot less passive. He shot five threes, made two of them. He was eight for eight from the free throw line, so he did get to the free throw line. Uh, he got to the free throw line mo- more than anyone else on the team. But just fifteen field goal attempts is is not. It's just you're Anthony Davis. I mean, the finals game five. This is a closeout game. I I need I need twenty twenty five shots out of you. I it, would would anybody really really be be angry at Anthony Davis for shooting twenty five shots in a basketball game? Especially the type of field goal he gets. I mean, they're, the, the, the shots Anthony Davis takes are very high percentage shots most of the time. Even, even his, his turnaround mid-range jumper is, is a high percentage shot just because of where he releases the ball. And honestly, just how good he is at that shot. And that's just that's one of his sweet spots on the floor. So I, 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 Anthony Davis needs to take at least, I would say, 10 more shots. Um, and he, it, just by taking 15 shots tonight, he had 28 points. So he could have had 45 points tonight. I think LeBron is going to see that. I think that's, that's going to be what adjustment will be coming into game six. And I think that's a must win for the Lakers. I think they just want to get out of the bubble and... LeBron knows that he doesn't want to, I mean, I trust LeBron in a Game 7 more than anyone in the world, but LeBron knows he doesn't want to get this to a Game 7. Um, I don't know about Goran Dragic's health status for Game 6, but I'd assume that it'd be pretty tough since he didn't play tonight to come back in, on, on one day's rest. But if you were to look at Game 7 on, on a Tuesday, say that, that'd be five more days of rest for Dragic, um, which I think there's there's – Definitely, there's no chance he doesn't play in Game 7 if they make it that far. So the Lakers know they have to win this game, and I think that Anthony Davis is going to come out. A lot like we saw in in the Nuggets series, I, I'm blanking on the game right now, but I think I wouldn't be surprised to see AD come out and be very aggressive like that game in the Nuggets series where he scored the first 12 points of the game and just set the tone right off the bat. Um Just to to wrap up this game, uh, like I said, it was it was a really really high level game. Um, this is a game that I think is is going to be rewatched down the line when we look back at this this finals. This is going to be the game that is that is rewatched and talked about. Um, just because it was it was two players that put up historically great games both statistically and just watching it. I mean, it was it was an all-time battle, especially in the clutch going back and forth. But cliche time. This this is cliche time. Someone ring the bell. It's a make or miss league and the Heat missed shots in game 4 and they made shots tonight and that's that's honestly what it came down to. Um, like I said earlier, they made their free throws which was, was, I mean, 21 for 22 is, is, 
really, really good, and that's that's going to win you most games when you shoot that well from the free throw line. Um, any any coach will tell you that. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've had a coach say after a basketball game that it came down to free throws, and most of the time, you know, your team's on the wrong end of that where you don't hit enough free throws and, you, and your coach isn't very happy. Um, but this was the opposite. The Heat, Heat made 96%, 21 for 22, and that, that was what won them the game. Uh, Jimmy Butler hit all his free throws in the clutch. Same with Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero had a quiet game. Uh, I, I, I didn't even talk about him, really. But he had two clutch free throws at the end, and I can't, you know, end the discussion about this game without bringing up Duncan Robinson. Um, he was just amazing tonight. Classic Duncan Robinson. Uh, if you're going to, you know, show anyone a Duncan Robinson game and tell tell someone who this is, that, that would be it. Just running all over the place on offense. He doesn't, he doesn't stop moving. Uh, the threes he hits are just insane. Uh, the, the only player I would I, – I, the best comparison, and this is actually a, a very good comparison offensively, would be uh, J.J. Redick, just the way that they both move and are able to shoot uh, coming off screens just so, so quickly. And they create so much space coming off screens as well. You can see that Duncan Robinson, he takes two very, very large steps when he comes off a, a screen or a, a dribble handoff to create space. And if you're, if you're a shooter playing basketball, if you're a young, young basketball player, that's, that's really important. Uh, to create space is when you're coming off a screen to take as big of a step as you can. Um, and even uh, if we want to get even more technical with this, Duncan Robinson will sometimes take a, uh, a push dribble where he'll literally just throw the ball out in front of him. Um, and, and that allows him to create even more space. And you can sometimes see that he'll, he'll get all the way across from one side of the wing to the other with just one dribble, and that's nearly impossible to defend. Um, and after saying all that, it's it's very hard to incorporate that into your game and be able to make uh, that shot consistently, being on the move that fast and being being off balance. But that's why Duncan Robinson's one of the best in the world because he, I, you just you just don't expect him to miss every every single time he shoots the ball. You know, there's there's five maybe ten players in the league. Where when they shoot the ball, you just you expect it to go in every time, and he's he's definitely one of those players, um, and just a special game tonight from him, and he's he's proving because he's he's really young when when you when you think about it, it's he's I think he's twenty. Let's check here, I think he's twenty five years old, uh, maybe twenty six. Uh, let's see, twenty six years old, so. He's still very young, you know. Hasn't really hit his his physical prime yet. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I guess he could get better as a shooter, but I I don't know how you can get much better as Duncan Robinson as a, as a shooter. Um, you know, he can definitely add more uh, dribble dribbling to his game, ball handling, ball handling moves, moves off the dribble, getting to the paint, creating his shot off the dribble. Um, if he if he can do that, then you know we're talking about Steph Curry. But I, you know, that's that's far fetched if he hasn't added that to his game already. But you know, looking at the positives, Dun- he, he's there's a lot of positives, and he's 
he's going to get paid a lot of money. I don't know if he's going to get a max contract, but he's going to get somewhere close to that. It's, it's going to blow people's minds how much money he gets because he's just a perfect modern NBA basketball player um, with his shooting ability. You know, he's not he knows where to be on defense. He's not the most athletic player, but like I said, defense comes down to a lot of where you knowing where you're going to be and how much effort you put in. And Duncan Robinson puts in the effort, and he, he knows where to be, and he's well-coached. And so that's pretty much it. Um, the Heat, this Heat team, this is this is their ceiling. I, I feel like this is about as good as this, this team can get, which is, is thanks to their coaching. I mean, Eric Spolstra, the last shout-out for this game will be uh, Eric Spolstra. You know, Jimmy Butler probably gets the game ball or Duncan Robinson, but everything, like I said, that the fact that this series is close and every game has been close and just the playoffs as a whole, what Eric Spolster has done, it's, it's I, I don't, I think he's the best coach in the league. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I feel confident saying that, you know, there's just, there's, there's a lot of other great coaches that you can, you can argue, but. I think right now he's just proving himself that there's there's no one really close to him when it comes to in-game adjustments, uh, post-game adjustments, just everything, um, his substitutions. You know, he's playing a, a seven-man rotation right now, which when you look at NBA Finals teams, that's that's what happens at the end of the season. You shorten your rotation, you play the guys you trust, and he's getting the most out of everyone that he plays. So that's all you can ask for as a coach. Really impressive win by the Miami Heat. Really, another really, really, really impressive win by Jimmy Butler. I, I want to give him his credit. Um, LeBron did his part tonight. You know, this Lakers team. You never know what you're gonna get, and it was just a disappointing effort from the the supporting cast. And AD didn't shoot enough. He wasn't aggressive enough. So. Coming into Game Six, I would I would predict a Lakers win. I think AD is gonna be very very aggressive. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see 35, 40 points, fifteen rebounds, and we'll see. I I'm I'm excited. No matter what, I think it's gonna be a really really good game. Um, so that's that for the NBA Finals and the NBA. Uh, so let's move on to NFL gambling. And the NFL as a whole, uh, real quick, I want to talk about Thursday night's game. Just a really fun Thursday night game. You know, usually Thursday night games we get Jags, Texans, or some something like that. But this tonight was, you know, a high-level game between two teams that are, are probably going to make the playoffs in the NFC or be in that conversation. And I it's just... Like I said on the last podcast, it's it's just something about Nick Foles versus Tom Brady. Uh, I I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's some things in the world that are are unexplainable. Uh, you know, people don't really have an answer, and I guess it would you know one of those things would be how Nick Foles just beats Tom Brady. I, I he beat Tom Brady. If we want to look at the last two drives of the game, Nick Foles made a a beautiful, beautiful pass. I mean, you 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 only see that type of pass. It was just a beautiful rainbow over over a couple defenders to his his running back on a wheel route. 
that, you know, like I said, just not many quarterbacks in the league can make that throw. And that was a huge, huge play. They picked up 15 or 20 yards and got him into field goal position. They, they kicked the field goal. And uh, horrible clock management by Matt Nagy. Just leaving, I think it was a minute 17 on the clock um, for Brady. And that, I, I, you know, how many times has Brady won that game? I, I just, you, you, would, you would bet your house on that, that Brady's going to lead a drive down the field and at least get him into field goal position. But, you know, just like tonight's NBA game, just shocking stuff. Um, it, it, he, I, it looked like he thought it was, it was fourth down, or it was third down, excuse me, when it was fourth down, and he, he kind of forced a 20-yard pass down the field. And he, he held up four fingers, and it looked like he thought it was fourth down, but after the game, both both Arians and Brady said that they they knew what down it was and that they were trying to pick up a chunk play to get in a field goal position. So you know, I don't know if they're trying to just cover up for Brady's mistake or if that's the truth. Um, I I really don't know because it's it's tough to argue against Brady putting up four fingers and looking right at the ref. And uh, so I mean, we'll never know because it's it's Tom Brady, but. That was that was a tough play and just a, a really shocking result to to the game. Um, you know, I, I I half-heartedly said that you know Nick Foles was gonna win that game because it's it's Nick Foles against Tom Brady, but you know, very honestly, I didn't I didn't necessarily believe that. You know, it's it's Tom Brady. I I think I think that you know. If you're if you're the goat, you're gonna you're gonna win. You know why why is Nick Foles gonna stop you? But that's why sports are awesome, and that's why sports are weird. Um, is the unpredictability? I mean, if everything just went how we thought, then this this wouldn't be any fun. I wouldn't have anything to talk about. So yeah, I Nick Foles just and the Bears as a whole. Khalil Mack had a really really good second half. Um, I think it was three sacks, maybe two and a half, but he, he was in Tom Brady's head. I mean, Tom Brady was definitely, I don't know if you want to say seeing ghosts, but he, he was, he was feeling Khalil Mack. And if we've seen in the past, the best way to beat a Brady led team is, is to get pressure on Brady. Um, either it was the Denver Broncos or the the New York Giants in the Super Bowl. If you can get pressure on Brady, that is that is by far the best way to beat um, a Brady led team because he's not a very mobile quarterback and uh, he he needs he needs time to get the ball off. I mean, I take that back. He's he's one of the quickest to get the ball off. You know, he, he doesn't need much time. But if you can get quick pressure on him and get in his face and and get him rattled. That that is definitely the. I mean, if we're gonna be honest, the one of the only ways to beat Tom Brady, unless your your name is Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, you know, not much else to talk about in that game. Um, so we'll we'll get into this week, this week's slate. Um, you know, there's there's been a couple games canceled. We could go into the whole COVID side of the NFL. Um, just if you have half a brain, you could tell this wasn't going gonna go well. Um, 
without being in a bubble or some sort of bubble system, there was just no way that they were going to be able to prevent positive tests from happening. And when you're in a sport with 53 guys on a roster and that many people, you know, on your staff helping helping get the get the team together and equipment managers and trainers and all that, it's going to spread and it's 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 going to spread like wildfire and that's what we've seen. Um, so there's been a couple games canceled and, you know, who knows looking forward what's going to happen um, with the season. I, I mean, fingers crossed, we, we hope it can keep going. But I, I, I uh, to put it bluntly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if some of the worst case scenarios happen just because of what we already seen and, and just the fact that it, it has spread this fast. And, and the fact that the NFL has not handled these, these games very well. Um, you know, just I just thought that the Patriots game just should not have been played. There was no reason. You know, you, could, you can move that game, as we saw with the Steelers-Titans game that was moved. You, you, there's, there's flexibility to move these games around in the schedule. And just you have, you have a player, especially your quarterback, who you know, it's, your, it's your fucking quarterback, um, test positive for COVID. It might have been – I think it was on the day of the game or the day before the game. You know, that's just – you just – there's just no way you can play a football game a day after that um, without expecting, you know, people to get sick and it's a spread. So, you know, just the NFL's handling of it and all of it, I just – I don't have much hope, but, you know – they are determined, and these owners are not going to cancel the season um, unless it, they just have to. You know, they're going to do everything they can to make this work. So I'm going to keep watching. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, in full support of this. I don't necessarily think it should be going like, like it is. But I'll keep watching because, you know, it's sports. It's all we got on. I'm a, I'm a junkie. I'm an addict. So I got I to gotta watch some and especially NFL football. There's no way I can resist. So getting into this week's slate of games, um, for for gambling and, you know, just talking about these games, we'll do a little bit of both. There's nothing I love too much this week. Um, you know, nothing crazy. There's uh, two teases I came up with that I feel pretty good, and um, I'll probably put some money on. Not too much, but a little bit. And then there's also, I, I, I'm going to call it the, the fuck it parlay. Uh, you know, just a 16 favorite parlay that I think, you know, if you, if you do $10 and you can win 50 to $75 every week and, you, you know, you do it three times and you hit it once, you're going to make your money. So before I get into any of this, I, I don't want to say, you know, I'm not encouraging you to bet your money. I doubt you. Please be responsible. Um, if you're a gambler already, you know you probably know how it is. But if you're new to the to the gambling scene or you want to start, please please be responsible. Um, and and I mean you'll learn. There's no way you know me telling you this. You're not gonna lose all your money on a bet. Every single person I know has done it. Um, so you live and you learn. But Please try to be responsible as you can. Um, don't bet 
you know, more than 20% of your money. But after saying that, let's get into uh, the teases and uh, a little preview of this week's games. So the first tease, I'm going to call it the underdog tease. It was going off of what I talked about last week where I really like to tease underdogs and kind of bet on a close game instead of a winner of the game. So I found two, only two games this week that I liked the underdogs in. Um, and then I added the, uh, the Rams on top of that. So we'll go over this. It's a three-team, ten-point tease. The first team I have in it is the Carolina Panthers, plus ten-and-a-half versus the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I just – I really think the uh, – I don't think the, the Panthers are that great of a football team. I just – this is more of a bet against the Falcons. Julio Jones, I don't think, is going to play. He's mispracticed the last two days and is, is doubtful. The, the Falcons' defense is banged up. Their coach is he's, he's, he's on the chopping block. I mean, we are just loading him into the guillotine right now. Um, so this, this could be the week. It could be any week now. Um, it's just one of those scenarios, kind of like the, tex, the Texans, excuse me, where – it's 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 an underachieving team for the talent they have, and uh, it's it's obvious they need a coaching change. So teasing the Carolina Panthers, I'm gonna get them at plus ten and a half, and you know, just a, a key no, uh, you know, I was talking about key numbers last week, three and seven. Another key number you could think about, um, not as important as three and seven, is ten, just because that's a field goal and a touchdown. So I'm getting above ten at ten and a half. So I feel really confident there that, you know, just this Falcons team, unless a complete anomaly happens and they play unlike they've played the first four weeks of the season and, and blow out a, a average and, and ascending Carolina Panthers team, Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater has, played, uh, has played well in the last few weeks. I think this game is going to be close and... You know, I just don't think the the Falcons are going to blow them out. I don't think there's a chance that that's going to happen. Knock on wood. Um, John Gruden, shout out John Gruden. So I'm going to take the the Carolina Panthers plus ten and a half, and then we're also going to take the Los Angeles Rams plus three versus the Washington football team. The Rams. This has just been a thing for me all year. I think the Rams have been underrated by Vegas. Uh, the lines have just been very low all year. Washington benched Dwayne Haskins this week. So Kyle Allen is their quarterback. And on it very to put it simply, I would be more scared of Alex Smith than Kyle Allen. Um, so Kyle Allen, I'm getting the Rams as an underdog plus three. I know that's a key number, but I just feel confident the Rams will win this game. Um, I, 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 they're, they're the better football team and, you know, like, like, like I said with the Falcons and the Panthers, when, when you're gambling, there's a couple, you have to think about the most likely scenarios that are going to happen in a game. And so this game, you know, the most likely scenarios are going to be a Rams blowout, a Rams close win, or a Washington close win. So, you know, Washington close win by by a field goal, we'd lose. But, 
I, I, I feel confident that the Rams are either going to win in close or blow them out. Um, so we've got the Rams, the Panthers, and then last, I'm going to throw the Philadelphia Eagles into this tease as the last team. Um, plus 17 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is, this is quite honestly just my strategy for teases coming into play. Where I don't necessarily feel great about the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't. I don't think they're a good football team. I. I, I just. There, there's not much I want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. I just don't think they're very good. Um. But saying that, I, I. Seventeen points in an NFL football game. You know, the Eagles aren't the worst team in the football league. In, in the in the football league. So, I think that seventeen points and, you know. Carson Wentz, it's just a lot of points. I, I just like that line. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much just betting on it being closer than two touchdowns and a field goal. And I like that, quite honestly. I just I just really like that. And that's where I, I like going with these teases is, you know, betting on close games, especially in the NFL. The NFL, it's it's very hard for for teams to blow out another, another NFL team just because, and this year especially, if you want to look at DVOA, um, there it's it's very bunched up this year, um, DVOA wise, talent wise, record wise. There's not the the Jets and the Giants are are clearly the two worst teams, but they're not. Other than that, there's not really horrible horrible football teams. I mean, the Bengals are not horrible. The Chargers are not bad. The Dolphins are not bad. Even the Jaguars are are competitive um, in 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 games. So that's why I like taking um, blowouts, just because plus seventeen is very hard to get, and the Eagles aren't a aren't a god awful football team. You know they might not be a good football team, but they're not god awful. And so I'm just betting against a blowout there. So to recap, the the three-team underdog tees, 10 points. Carolina, I'm taking that line from plus 1.5 to plus 10.5 versus Atlanta. The Rams, I'm taking that line from minus 7 to plus 3 versus the Washington football team. And then the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm taking that line from plus 7 and putting it at plus 17 versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, that you would get that at minus 120 odds. So you would you could bet $12 to win 10, 24 to win 20, 120 to win 100. Um, so that's the first tease. Um, and we're going to go to the second tease here. I'm going to try to speed things up a little bit. I know we're we're getting a little long here. So the second tease, same thing, three-team, ten-point tease. I don't always do three-team teases. Sometimes I'll do two-team teases. But for this week, like I said, there wasn't anything I really, really fell in love with. So three-team tease, and we're just going to ride some, some favorites this week. We're just going to ride the bandwagons. Seattle, I'm going to take that line from minus seven, and I'm going to move it to plus three. And that's just solely based on the fact that I, I, I think Seattle is just a way better football team than Minnesota, and they're going to win that game. And um, so I'm just 
I think Seattle's going to win that football game. And so to get them at plus three, I'm happy with. And it's the same thing with Dallas. Dallas, the, you know, they're one and three. It's been a disappointing start to the season. Their defense is that, – now that their defense is god-awful. But they're playing the New York football giants, and the New York football giants are just worse than the Dallas Cowboys. You know, if the Dallas Cowboys don't win this football game, then they're they're in serious trouble. So, you know, I'm betting I'm I'm pretty much betting on like one last desperation game from the Cowboys to prove who they are and just to right the ship. And and they're playing the worst team in football. So if I can get the Cowboys at plus two as underdogs, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that every day of the week against the New York Giants. And then lastly, you know, I like I like putting money on 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 people I trust, you know, I think that's that's a fairly good business strategy in life as a whole, is to put put your money in people you trust. And there's two people I trust with my money more than anyone in the NFL, and those two people are Bill Belichick and Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes is playing the uh, the Los Las Vegas Raiders this week, and. They're minus 11, but if you put them in a 10-point tease, you can get them down to minus 1. So basically, you're betting on them to win the football game, and I really, really just don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to lose to the Raiders. I, I love betting on Patrick Mahomes. It's it's a really good feeling, trust me. Um, you know, when he does something that only Patrick Mahomes does, it's it's really nice to know that you... You trusted him, and and you know if you want to look at the other side of it, if you were to be on the losing side of you know the Chiefs and and Patrick Mahomes, and he threw for five hundred yards and five touchdowns, then all you could say is I, I bet my money against Patrick Mahomes, and I'm a fucking dumbass because I I bet against Patrick Mahomes, and that's the same thing with Bill Belichick is I just don't want to put my money against someone who I know is 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 going to win, you know, <laughs> to put it simply, to put it plainly. I don't want to, I don't want to bet against someone that I, I, I know is, is better than everyone else at their sport. So that's the three team bandwagon part or tease of the week. 10 point tease, Seattle plus three, Dallas plus two, Kansas city minus one. Uh, that would, you would get that at minus minus one twenty as well. Just, Two teases that I, I don't feel, you know, I'm not, we can, we can make a confidence level meter here. I'm not 100% on the confidence level meter, but I'm, I'm you know, I feel good about these, especially the, uh, the bandwagon tease. The more I talk about that tease, the more I like it. Um, and that's what happens when I, you know, gamble. The more I think about it, the more I talk myself into things. Uh, is, is Seattle is, is, I just all three of those teams I just don't see losing. Um, Seattle, Dallas, and KC. Uh, Dallas is is a must win, and and Seattle is and KC are just better than better than the two teams they're playing. And and I'm getting Seattle as an underdog and KC at minus one, would pretty much winning the game. Um, and I I like both of those odds. So that's where I'm gonna go with that. And then real quickly, I'll just go over the the fuck it parlay. Um, this is $15 to win $53. It's just straight favorites. Um, the LA Rams to beat Washington. 
San Francisco to beat the Miami Dolphins. Houston to beat Jacksonville. I like Houston this week. That's another team you could possibly tease. You could get them at plus four and a half against the Jaguars. You're getting them above the key number three. And I just, this isn't, it's more of a bet on on the Houston Texans being able to turn things around and, and Bill, Bill O'Brien being the main problem with that, that team. I, I think I, I'm a big believer in Deshaun Watson and anyone that I think he can make anyone good around him. So with the right coach, um, side note, if they don't hire Eric Bieniemy, we, we, we have real problems. I, I think that would be almost as bad as the Colin Kaepernick thing. Just the fact that Eric Bieniemy doesn't have a job is, is insane. Um, if you don't know, he is the, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, and if you've ever watched a Kansas City Chiefs game in the, in the last two years, it's pretty obvious why that man should have a head coaching job. Um, so getting back to it, we have the Rams, the 49ers, the Texans, and then the Cowboys, the Seahawks, and the Saints. All these games are, uh, except for the Texans, pretty much above minus 350, which means they're above a, a touchdown favorite. And these are all just games where I just – they're just teams that I think are going are gonna to win. Um, football, to me, I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend like I know football. Um, I watch a lot of football. I, you know, I've watched football my whole life. I know, I know what happens. I know the game, but I'm not going to sit here and, and, and pretend to go over the X's and O's or, or, or pretend like I know the Los Angeles Rams blocking scheme. Um, you know, that information, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to learn from people, um, from other podcasts or articles. The person that I, I really, really value his opinion, uh, for football is Warren Sharp. I think he's he's definitely one of the smartest minds in football, and he just the way he thinks about the game, um, I really I really like. So, a lot of information I will will be giving is is from Warren Sharp, just stats wise and um, you know stuff like that. Uh, you know, just because I I didn't play football at a high level, I love I love watching football, I love gambling on football, I love talking about football. Like I have been, you know, I could go on for hours about all these teams. But after saying all that, you know, I'm no expert. I don't know. I don't know the difference between a, a cover six and a cover five and all the different little intricacies in, in you know, football. So that's that. Um, you know, there's not oh, – uh, looking at the full picture – I'd say, you know, the most exciting game this week is, is the, the Cleveland Browns versus the Indianapolis Colts, you know, which is, is not, not saying too much. This is kind of a week where you just, you just put on the Red Zone channel and, and sit back and enjoy. Um, so, but, you know, a lot of people haven't seen the Colts play, and, and they have the best defense in the league this year, according to DVOA. Um, if you guys don't know what DVOA is, it's it's made by Pro Football Focus, and it's just kind of a stat that um, takes into account uh, and in teams a team's entire performance. Um, if you want to look it up, you know you can look into what goes into the stat, but it's just you know their record, how they're doing on offense, how they're doing on defense, 
everything, it, it, it's a very, um, you know, conclusive stat that I really feel like shows, you know, how good a football team is. Yeah, it's, it's not a perfect stat, just like all stats, but it does show, you know, historically where, where football teams are. And um, the Colts this year, I, I, I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan. I never thought I'd say this statement. I, very honestly, I, I just never thought this would come out of my mouth. They have the best defense in the league, um, according to DVOA, according to the eye test. Um, they, they're, they're the best defensive team in the league right now. Every, every single level of their team. Um, you know, they don't have big names, and – but everybody is solid. They have a really, really good coach in Frank Reich. And, you know, I, I, I think Darius Leonard's a superstar. I think he's one of the best linebackers in the league. So if you want to, you know, you want to point to a superstar on the defense, it'd probably be Darius Leonard. Um, most people don't know who that is, but he's been one of the best linebackers in the league now for two years. Um, and just, just do your Googles on Darius Leonard. He is fucking amazing. And if you want to follow him on Instagram, it's it's not a disappointing follow. Okay, his his nickname is the Maniac for a reason. He's he's a crazy human being, and he, he's a great follow on Instagram. Um, so that's that. I you know, not not too exciting in the NFL. It's pretty um, dreary, I would say, with the COVID tests and and game cancellations and stuff like that, and. And just the future of this season, um, I know the owners will do everything they can um, to make money and have the season continue. But it's just you know it's pretty sad to see that they're they're forcing these games when they probably shouldn't be played, and there's clearly um, alternative plans to to these games, but they're still they're still being played. So that's that. Yeah, um, if you're this far, once again, if you're this far, we're an hour in. Thank you so much for listening. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Um, I was I was shocked at the amount of people that listened to to the first pod, and and the amount of feedback I got. I just I can't tell you how much it 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 meant and and surprised me and a, a good surprise. How many people, you know, reached out and 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 showed support? Um, you know, when you when you do something like this, if you've ever, you know, made something and tried to show it to the world, you really you you don't expect anyone to give you the time of day or or listen listen to what you have to say, and so it, it's really cool that people even you know gave me a chance and to to sit down and take an hour out of your life to listen to me. Um, it's really, really humbling, and um, just it, it's awesome. It's it, it's motivating, uh, is the word. It's really motivating. Um, you know, if I'm gonna be honest today, I, I you know I work a full time job, and uh, you know I'm tired, but you guys are motivating me, um, knowing that people. People are expecting me to, to put out content and are going to be listening to it. That that's that's motivating me to to give you guys the best product and to keep going. Um, so yeah, I I hope you I hope you enjoyed tonight's podcast so far. 
Um, if you're here for sports, I mean, that's pretty much all I'm going to talk about sports-wise. Um, I, I, I think that's how I'm going to do this is start with sports. And then um, if I want to end with, you know, some other things that I want to talk about, um, that's what I'll do because that's why I made this podcast is to talk about the things I want to talk about. So, you know, it could be it could be uh, a variety of different things we talk about. I'll, I'll, you know, maybe I'll think of a name for this after hours, you know, non-sports kind of a conversation. Um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll pick a topic maybe every podcast to talk about, uh, whether it be music or TV or movies or politics or Whatever I you know is is interesting to me, and I want to I want to discuss with you guys. Um, that's what I'm I'm gonna do here at the end. Um, so like I said, if you were if you were here for sports, um, this is this is probably all I'm gonna talk about sports wise. Um, so I'm gonna today. Uh, also, last thing. Sorry, before I get into this, I know I'm just rambling now, but today. Not today. In the future, if you guys want to send me, um, you know, questions you have about honestly anything, um, you know, I'll answer them on the show. You know, questions about the NBA, questions about the NFL, questions about gambling, really anything. I, seriously, if you have a, a question about anything, just DM it to my Instagram. Send me an email. Uh, my email's on my website. Um, and I will, I will answer those on the, uh, the, the podcast and, uh, you know, give you a, give you a little shout out. So tonight I want to talk about, uh, the latest TV show I watched. Uh, it's called Succession. It's on HBO. I know, uh, you know, we either, not many people watch TV or not many people have HBO. HBO is, um. I'm, I'm, you know, I feel just lucky to have it or to have have it. I feel like it's the, the best TV that, that has been produced or that's been made. Um, just consistently, they have, they have always put out the best TV shows, whether it be, um, you know, the Larry Sanders show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Sopranos, The Wire, The Wire, I think The Wire is the greatest TV show ever. We'll be, you know, we'll be talking about a lot of these shows. Throughout the podcast, and even having guests on to talk about, you know, different shows, especially The Wire, I just, if you haven't seen The Wire, I highly recommend it. It is, it is the most real life, real, real show you will ever, ever watch. Um, it's, it's, it's eye-opening, um, if you, if you don't know about that type of life, um, and if you don't know what happens, um, in those type of areas, it's, it, that, that is, that is what happens. I mean, that is, that is real life in a TV show right there. And, um, it's about as good as you can get TV wise. Um, I don't, I don't think there's going to be really anything that, that can top it. Um, so tonight I just, you know, we're not going to go for too long, but on, on this after hours edition to start it on the first one, We'll just, I just want to talk about a couple TV shows I've been watching lately that, um, you know, I feel like people, 
you know, they 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 watch what is is given to them. Um, they watch a lot of mainstream stuff on Netflix and and don't you know necessarily dig deep and and go into uh, good good TV, really really good TV. Um, and so if if you want to just keep watching, you know, uh, you know out out. Outlands or whatever, you know, whatever it's called on Netflix, Outer Banks, Outer Banks. If you want to keep watching Outer Banks on Netflix, you know, the same bullshit show with the same storylines and, you know, you can predict what's going to happen after the first episode, you know, keep, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to stop you, but if you really want to start watching really good TV, then I'm going to, you know, be giving some suggestions here about really, really good TV shows that um, you know, most older adults might know, but younger people maybe haven't seen or haven't heard of. Um, and if, if they give them a try and, you know, you, you have to sit down and watch these shows. These aren't shows you can just be on your phone or, or not being able to pay attention to. Um, these are, these are really complex and intricate shows that have character building and plot building and, and little dialogue pieces, you know, it's not, it's not just shooting. Um, one of the things I love the most about The Wire is, is there's, there's not any gunshots. I think um, there's two total gunshots in the entire show, and there um, are guns fired by main characters in the entire show, and it's, um, you know, by, by the police. So... That's that's what I like about you know TV and you'll you'll learn that TV is more than just the 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 love plot and you know your ble- there's there's layers to TV shows I guess is what I'm trying to say um, and so a couple TV shows that I just want to you know recommend tonight people to watch is uh, the first one is the Larry Sanders show. It's a it's an older TV show. Um, it's definitely you know you gotta really really like TV, but it's it's a comedy and it's 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 really 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 funny. It 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 stars Gary Shandling. Um, rest in peace to Gary Shandling, um, one of my all time favorite comedians. But he's a, he's a late night TV host, and it's basically just a reality TV show about late night TV. Um, it's just about you know, everything that happens to make that show possible, to make a late-night TV show happen, um, like a Stephen Colbert-type show. And then you actually see the show happen. So, you're, you you know, you get a little bit of late-night TV. And they have a bunch of, bunch of celebrities on. And it's the show was filmed during the 90s, so it's a bunch of, you know, you see younger celebrities or, or older celebrities from the 90s, like young David Spade or... A bunch of young comedians um, like Stephen Colbert and and stuff like that. So it's it's really cool to see that um, you know just a different era, and and that's that's a big thing about the show. And probably one of the biggest things you'll notice if you watch the show is just you know the different the way they dress, the way they talk, the way the show looks. Everything about it is just it's '90s, and um, you know I just really like that because it's different. You know, I, I love learning about different eras and, and seeing how people lived in different times of, of the world. So it's 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 a comedy starring Gary Shandling and, and 
I guess the main selling point I would have to you is just Gary's relationship with his two, one, his co-host kind of, and then his producer. Um, the producer, is his name is Artie, and then the, uh, the co-host is Hank. And um, it's just the whole show is basically based on the relationship that he has with those two people. And Hank is just, it just, the Three Stooges, just very, very horribly dumb. Um, and then Artie is just, you know, he's, he's, he's the one that keeps everything together. He's got to run the show. And it's, it's just very, the dynamic between all three and, and the rest of the staff is, is really, really funny. And, um, I, I, I really enjoyed watching that show. Um, I thought that, you know, it definitely takes a little bit to get into, but once the it's not, it's, it's what I'm trying to say is it's not one of the shows where you, you can just look up and there's going to be a, a, a funny line or, or something, you know, to get a, to get a good, good laugh out of the show. You have to, you have to understand the characters and the plot and, um, you know, know the backstory of, of the joke that, that they say, um, to really understand it. And honestly, that's just with anything in TV is if, if you really pay attention to TV and you understand the, um, the characters and the plot and, and how both of those things build, um, you're just going to get more enjoyment and, and find a better, better time watching, watching TV, um, is what I've found. So the, the Larry Sanders show would be one example or one suggestion I have. And then another suggestion, just uh, kind of, I guess, a more serious show would be, where is it? Oh, yes, it would be The Watchmen. Now, The Watchmen is, is just a show anyone can watch and love. Um, it's based on a... Um, a comic book series, and I'm I'm blanking on the comic book right now, and and the superhero that it was about. But the Watchmen is just it's kind of about the U.S. in like a, a different time, a, a, like an alternate universe, and it's just all I can say is watch it. It's uh, it's really 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 good. Um, it's you know every episode just gets better and more more complex, and it just gets deeper. It's a very deep show. And, and a show that, you know, makes you think and, and keeps you on your feet, um, which is what I look for in, in TV shows. But, you know, there's also the TV shows that, you know, we all watch just for for fun. And um, if I, you know, a suggestion for one of those just for fun, kind of like The Bachelor, would be a, a Below Deck. It's a reality TV show. And, and it's just a reality TV show about a yacht crew, and they're on a yacht, and it's it's everything you would expect from a reality TV show about people being on a $20 million yacht. So, you know, very funny, very dumb, but, um, you know, takes your mind off things. It's um, it's whatever. I think I think that's that's gonna be it. That's gonna wrap it up. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we will be back probably Tuesday with another, or actually Monday, with another episode. Um, we'll review the uh, 
the weekend in football, and we'll review. We have another NBA game, which I didn't think we were gonna we were gonna get to talk about another NBA game after tonight. But we're gonna have a game six on Sunday night and uh, NFL football, and it, it it's gonna be a very busy sports day. So another long podcast. Um, if you made it this far, thank you so much. I appreciate the the support. Once again, if you have any um, questions for the show, I would you know, be happy to answer them. And, uh, yeah, have a good night. Have a good weekend. Please stay safe. Wear a mask. Socially distance. Try not to go to a party. You know, don't be dumb. But it is what it is. I'll keep my distance. Love you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the pod today. I hope you enjoyed yourself and learned something new. Please go to the website, thejakealbrightpod.com, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And last but not least, please follow the social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter, thejakealbrightpod. I hope you have a good day, and please tune in next time. Peace out.